spidey senses tingling. Hello, 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 movies, Slim Burton. <laughs> How's it going? I like it. Thank like you. It. Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, uh, your source for everything on the internet comics, right? I guess. It's to sum it up, I think, yeah. Most uh, people. Maybe not, Most people. Most people. We talk about industry news, um, the books we're reading, new and old. And we have a book club this week that we're going to get into. It's JLA Terra Incognita by Mark Wade. Hold yeah. on, hold on. I'll be Mark. Your writer's favorite writer. <laughs> I re- he retweeted me, by the way. Oh, God. Uh, so that is Mark Farrington uh, to my right. He is formerly a DC historian. He is the token black man of the show. And he's here. Thanks for being here, Mark. Anytime. Glad to be back. Uh, Jonesy is also here. Your mother's favorite writer. <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. Thanks for being here. Uh, happy to be here in stately math manner. Mm. Uh, we have another. We have another host. Controversial. He is making his grand return after two week absence. Podcast bad boy, Dale. Thanks for being here. Hurricane Irene couldn't keep me down forever, boys. I do have to warn you, uh, Math Matters a little hot. I wore boxer briefs this night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. You know, we're we're arguably the most popular podcast on the internet right now. I would oh. say we're number one. Yeah, number one on all the charts. Arguably. Every chart. Are there any other comics? Sports podcasts? and Leisure. Sports and, le- uh, sports and Leisure. Cap Paper Cake. I can't even say it. <laughs> Whatever you That's how excited it. I am. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, Casey Kasem rates us pretty high on the charts, is what I'm getting. Yeah, at. yeah, he's a, uh, God bless that old man. He's a friend of the show. I think he's still alive. Uh, so, we're going to get into some news. Uh, the JLA dropped. I mean, the JL, you know, the numbers came in. Yeah, yeah. Hot it's a hit. It is a hit. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, real quick, though, you know, for the people that love podcasts and our website, we got some good stuff coming to you. You ready for this? Especially if you're it's on the West drop. Coast. Um, you know, we have some great contributors to the site. You know, the Jam Stump. Uh, he's that dude who wears those highway patrols in his gla- in his uh, profile picture on the Twitter. Yeah. Real obnoxious looking. Oh, man. Um, Cameron, Jurassic Alien on the Twitter. You know, he writes those long articles that you save on the Instapaper for when you go to the John. Amazing. Uh I like the fact that he's a read more link rebel. He is. He doesn't put him in there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he will write an article that takes up the entire first page. That's right. God bless him. And just wipe everyone else out. Uh, and Mandy Boo, the Southern Belle. Oh, man. Uh, she goes, She went to Auburn or something, and she's just tweeting up a storm. She hide your Twitter. You had might as well mute her. Had to mute her for Mute day. her for sa- <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and I believe she's got some connection to the Dolphins, too. She's going crazy tonight. I muted yeah. hashtag Dolphins really <laughs> quick. Um, but anyway, we are launching a new podcast for the site, Paper Keg West. Uh, so those folks will be will be doing their own podcast uh, in, in conjunction with our hit website and number one podcast, ours. You know, the Founders Show. 
well deserved. Those guys are going to yeah. be awesome, and uh, we it's it's awesome to have another show in mm-hmm. the stable of, uh, of all paper cake. The empire is growing. Yeah, is what we're getting at. We just franchised. It's incredible. Yeah, we the checks are coming in. Now, what's the show called? Paper Gag West. Were you, are you have you how long have you been here? <laughs> you know Did what? You not hear my intro. <laughs> I was tuning in and out. Oh god. Uh, he was lathering his feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, that show will probably post uh Thursdays weekly if we're lucky. You know, well, if they you if know, they get their act together. They're probably going to spend uh into the wee hours editing that thing. You know, I know. Who wants to edit a there. podcast? Really? We don't. Not, not I, said the pig. So they're going to have a uh, a rotating panel, uh, some guest hosts coming in, kind of like our Just Dave. You know, he fills in. Mm-hmm. Have we ever had uh, Mary Train on the show? Uh, the, old, the old comedy podcast. Oh, no. Okay. So, yeah, they, they're going to have some some friends, some friends of the uh, the site, friends of the show on. So check that out Thursdays. Paper Keg West. Just Google it. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. You know, fellas, if there had to be a number two in comics podcast, I'm glad it's a paper keg west number mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Absolutely. If they get a little Slide into the silver, boys. That's and right. girl. That's right. And girl. So, so look for that. So Justice League, the new Justice League, uh, number one comic of 2011, Asterix. Your thoughts, Jonesy? Uh, is it number one? My thoughts on it being number one? Yes. Uh, I enjoy, I was one of the few that enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, everybody bought it, then everybody hated it. But yeah, a lot I of people was, didn't like it. Thought it was money uh, well spent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're relaunching to the target demographic, which is essentially me, a longtime reader who stopped reading, and uh, you're drawing me back into the fold. Yep. I don't need every team member in the first issue. Uh, I'm okay with the fact that Geoff and Jim are doing the first issue because, frankly, they wrote 80 titles in the old DC. A Every lot. title they wrote? Geoff. So, you know, it's good to see them on a flagship title, let them do their job as publishers. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't get all the hate. Why yeah. hate? People no love to hate, Jonesy. They love it. It's easier to hate. Haters gotta hate you. On the internets. Say that again? Haters gotta hate yo. Wow. <laughs> it dropped over 230,000 copies. Heavens. That's digitally. quite a bit. And that's just August. They're not even counting September, the next day and on. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy. That's true. Right up there, right behind it was Action Comics, also dropping over 200,000. Really? Yeah. Alleged. Alleged. Didn't that come out week two, technically? It We're did. talking about August. You're right. We're talking about August. It dropped yeah. September so 7th. I'm curious to know how many uh, issues came in after that, you know? Yeah. Um... What was uh, 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 brain cram? There's controversy um, about the Justice League numbers because they said uh, it was the number one book of 2011. But there are some naysayers out there. There are, right? Do you remember what books they said? Something like 683. I don't know. Some kind of manga. I don't. No one reads manga. Yeah, it came out. It was it was really odd. They're like, oh well, if you want to get technical about it, it's not the book of 2011. And yeah, the, I, I just stopped reading. Sounds like more hate. Because it was haters. like it's like what is it? Crappy Shonen Jump or who, who knows what it is? Nobody knows. <laughs> there's some D and D garbage. Yeah. Do you there's play D and D? There's not going to be an anime keg. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what? No. I I'm going to fight an anime keg <laughs> if there's paper keg anime. I'll say that right now. No ideas over there, West Coasters. Yeah, Mark, whatever you're doing over there. Look, are you checking football scores? Get I'm, getting the inter- I'm getting the intern on the other book. Oh, okay, gotcha. Which oh, was yeah. Dark Horses Serenity Volume 2, which was higher For the selling. month of the year. Really? For the month, actually. Best-selling graphic novel as reported by Dino. Well, that's a graphic novel. We're, not yeah, talking, we're talking about single-issue comics. Yeah, well, maybe that's, maybe that's DC's it's probably the, the intern needs to be fired. <laughs> I think we might have to replace him. 
and feather him. Send your applicants. You must live in the five boroughs of okay, wherever okay. we are. Chesterfield, PA. Um, now, so there's something happening with Walking Dead. Is that right, Joe? Yes, it dropped today on Newsrama. Yeah. Newsrama that uh, Frank Darabont would still be listed as the executive producer in season two, even though he was uh, quote-unquote fired from the show. Uh, the comments here from the new showrunner were very tight-lipped. He would not discuss Frank's exit oh, God. or any future involvement in the show, just that he was a huge fan of uh, Frank's of work. Apparently, he was under Frank when they scripted season two. Very political. Yeah, yeah very, very, you know, very, oh, Frank's okay, uh, you know, a great guy, blah, blah, blah kind of article. So Yeah, they're probably just giving him his, uh, you know, a nod because... There was so much controversy. Yeah, but you know? why keep him uh, on as a, the executive producer if they're just trying to save face? Or maybe, maybe they had some episodes in the can and they just wanted to put his name on there to prevent a fight or something. I think he's a big seller for the show, just a name only. Maybe that's uh, why I'm going to keep him on. Because I remember there was some controversy that he turned in an episode's worth of shots and it was unusable. Unusable was the. Quote. I remember that. Maybe he's got maybe some uh, some tapes of uh, some people. <laughs> Some sexual uh, <laughs> tapes of the showrunners. This, is why, this is why we can't be aired in the comic shop north in Delaware. Oh. <laughs> the comic yeah. book shop. Yeah, we'll sponsor the show, by the way. Yeah, big, uh, big, big, they, sh- big sponsor. <laughs> really they, big sponsor. They had a big, uh, big launch for the JL. I think they were open at midnight. Oh yeah, they they that's, were part of the midnight madness sale. They were open at midnight 12, 12 to two. Mark, did you go anywhere for the midnight launches? I did not, unfortunately. No. I just couldn't do it. I also want to plug, uh, they happened to get their Comixology digital storefront up and running. Oh, that's so, right. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, you can help support your L- my LCS <laughs> or your possible LCS if uh, if you buy from comics.comixology.com. Just buy from them and uh, just do it. it'll cost you no more than that's a good way, already does. That's a good way to support your local shops. Yeah. Does your shop have a URL? I'll the, do it. I'll the, like them. Thecomicbookshop.com. Check them out. Easy to remember. Cool. Um, so yeah, Frank Darabont, uh, it's a shame, you know, he's, he's a big friend of ours in big friend of the show. You were just talking speak. to him when you pulled up, right? I was, I was on my, my car phone when I pulled up. <laughs> Remember when, uh, we told him about Paper Keg West, what did he say about it? He is excited. That's right. He's excited. He's, well, he has a lot of free time on his hands now. Yeah. Frank Darabont. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the showrunner of Paper Keg West. Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I saw some of the, the audio he sent in and it's unusable. So we'll see how we'll see how the show goes. Do we want to do we want to have any other news before we get into the comic talk? Oh boy, I, that might be. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. Just get right into it. I do think. we want to get into it? The, the new know, DCU. Do yeah. we want to? Yeah, we read a lot of it. I did read them all except for Batwing. Oh, uh, you got to check out Batwing. You're uh, a Bat fan. The costume was a little off-putting. For who? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. You'll like it. What are we talking about? Whose costume? Booster Gold. <laughs> that, the greatest Canadian superhero of all time. He's Canadian? They're trying to make him Canadian. I'll get into it. I thought it. he was I'll from, get into from the future. Is there a Canada in the future? There's a Canada in can the I, future. Can I start off? Yeah, can I guess. Can I start the comic talk? I guess you can. You Go know, ahead. Doing every was, episode lately. It was teased that I liked a book uh, that I gambled on. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the apps. We have and some, it would shock you. We got some people on the Twitter waiting to, to the core. Scott McDaniel's own static shock. A lot of people thought it was going to be OMAC, but I can safely say they're incorrect. Because uh, nobody just, reads that crap. Justice League Internacional. No way. Yes. No, you didn't like that. I Get did. out of here. I am not fooling you. Wow. I uh, read it. Just a fun little romp. 
you know, with a new team. They had all the characters in the book, and it mm-hmm. worked, unlike uh, Justice League, where they took a different route. So it can be done. I liked it, too. There you go. See? I'm not the only one. Three out okay. of four. Stars? I No. Fair. Three out of four people oh. liked it, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I'm going to be reading this monthly. What? I'm going to be reading a Justice League International book monthly. This I can't wait to hear, because I didn't think you'd be a fan of the art. And it seems a little bit more mainstream than you usually like. So why'd you like it? Um, the characters. They all work together. And I, I've always been interested in reading the Justice League International, Guy Gardner, Batman, One Punch. And I'm waiting for that to hit the Comixology app. Um, no ETA. Okay. Um, but that I think, I think I own that book where he punched him. And I remember that from my, my youth. Timeless panel. Um, so I've been waiting for like a book like that to have a jumping on point, and I know Generation Lost was out, but I decided not to jump on. So this was an ideal jumping on point, you know, uh, Booster Gold, who w- w- someone I consider the worst character in the history you of comic books, unfoundedly, for um, in my humble opinion. Um, but I. I love the hell out of this book. Batman shows up, you know, just because he's Batman, decides to be on the team. I think that's cool because when you see the cover, you're like, how in the H is Batman going to be on this team? But it's a perfect re- – like he gives – it's a perfect reason for why he's even there. And mm-hmm. it, it works. I mean, you can't deny that it doesn't work and why he's on this uh, Justice League International to begin yeah, with. He's like keeping an – you know, he's there to keep an eye on him, you know, yeah. discreetly. He can't be on a public – public face of the team because they even talk about how the Justice League the UN essentially if you didn't read it the UN wants to put together their own version of the Justice League to do their bidding you know to kind of be um, I guess like how X Factor was back in the day they were like the government super team yeah um, so they they ask them like why don't we use the Justice League and you know they I, I can't remember what the, the character said they play by their own rules they do whatever they want they don't answer to anybody because they're still kind of vigilantes I guess in a sense so they put together this team of kind of like B characters and um, with Booster Gold and some other ones but it all works you know I I, I never knew like ninety percent of the characters so it was my first introduction and you kind of get the gist of them really quick and it was it was great. Wasn't a fan of the issue, actually. I'll be the uh, the Debbie Downer. But I did like uh, Booster Gold's introduction where he kind of flies to the steps. He's like, hey, where's uh, Superman at? And they're like, he's not here, bro. He's like, you thought I was going to be on the Justice League. He's like, well, we're the Justice League International. We're almost the Justice League. Right. Yeah, he's like all grinning when he arrives waiting to see the other big-time superheroes. You know, he's real pompous and... And they're not there. It's just some B team. Uh, who has the line? I was like, well, we have Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> who, I mean, you know, what better for world protection than a Green Lantern? They said, right. And it was cool because the interaction between Batman and uh, Guy Gardner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Batman's like, Guy, you got to be on this team. I mean, you know, this team can't survive without you, and you you need them. They need you. And mm-hmm. It was. I thought it was a good hook because you guys unlike to make me read this book. <laughs> Because unlike the Justice League, where they only feature two characters, you know you're going to buy more Justice League. Where it's Justice League International, it works because you couldn't just put Fire and Ice or Vixen, whoever they they are. Yeah. You couldn't just have two of those and think people are going to stick through for six issues. That's so a good point. They got the whole team on like a single adventure, and uh, it makes you want to keep reading more of the hook and the storyline. Mm-hmm. I like that scene that Jonesy was talking about where, and I guess it's a paradigm switch for the whole book. In the Justice League, they're used to being lauded and loved and applauded. But when Booster flies to the Hall of Justice steps, he's surrounded by protesters. 
And that's mm-hmm. not usually a reaction that the Justice League got. So I like that. And I also liked, this is a nod, I guess, to old DC continuity, Booster Gold is still competent. In the quiet moments, Batman will pull him aside and say, I'm not in charge. This is your team. I think you can do this. Or he would talk to him about team dynamics. Or even when Guy Gardner stormed out, people were like, aren't you going to go get him? It's like, if I get him now, I'll have to do it for every week. Yeah, that was a good line. That was a good line. Nope, if he's coming back, he's coming back on his own. It was nice to see Booster. There you go. go. Yeah? I don't want to like this book. Are you shaken to the core, Twitterverse? I I I just broke it in half right there. Absolutely, you did. Let's uh, move on. You know, um, we're gonna go around the table to see what everyone else read and enjoyed. What better place to start than podcast bad boy Dale underscore? Well, uh, I'm next up on the docket of the new Fifty Two. I tweeted, and it's probably going to be the whole month of September. Let's be honest. Mm. There's a lot to talk about with the new Fifty Two. So some of my other books that I may have talked about may get pushed aside, and we're going to be DC heavy. Let's be honest. It's true. It's going to be a heavy flow of DC for at least five to seven days a week. Absolutely. We just got to let the flow ride. Yeah, absolutely. Flow Um, rider. So I'm going to go with Detective Comics, the redheaded stepchild to the much Lauded Batman, Tony D'Angelo, controversial writer artist, <sighs> very controversial. Uh, I I'm gonna look. I like Tony Daniel. I liked his run on Batman. The uh, what was it? The stuff before, right before Damien? Is that what? Yeah, the uh, Grant Morrison run with him. Yeah, I, come on. I, I liked all that stuff. I I don't mind Tony Daniel. Come one. on, guys. He's I all right. It. He's fine. Stop picking on him. Stop picking on me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Detective Comics. I I like the book. I mean, you guys read it. It's uh, I had a I had a good time with it. Detective Comics. You're you're relaunching one of the most longest running comic books ever, and uh, you want new readers. You give a Batman a Joker story. Why not? I mean, why mm-hmm. start with some dumb one off when mm-hmm. everybody knows Batman, everybody knows the Joker, and let's pretty some pretty heavy subject material for it i mean it was very heavy very mature i've always wanted to uh pick up detective comics and start collecting it but i never did and it's almost because the issue numbers were so high i really felt out of place whereas even the lesser you know the 400s 500s i might have been able to deal with but 700 no way i was too intimidated but uh, the the reboot for this detective comics works Uh, a little gripe with the coloring I Uh-oh. like the art, but the coloring, it's almost looks like somebody took a, a every shot of Detective Comics and, like, and like put an edit on it from, like, Camera Plus or something. Really? Like, it's, like, a little too, the reds were a little too red. It was just a little bold in certain areas, mm. like it was uh, spray-painted or, or mm. like, fluorescent, fluorescent painted or something. But, um... How about that last panel on the last page? Yeah, it's, I'm having a brain fart right now. <laughs> you um, should I spoil it? No. Okay. The, the I was surprised at the last panel on the last page. Um, it so, had me coming back. So there's you know the Joker is in the story and he's being chased around by somebody, um, and so there's like another character. It's Joker's not really a focal point, but the last panel has to you know I guess should we spoil it? Yeah, we always spoil. Right, it. Yeah, let's spoil it. Fast forward thirty seconds. So the last uh, panel is this new villain who, you know, finds Joker and he pretty much, you know, 
cuts his face off. Yeah, it's and, gonna give Joker a new face. Yeah, so the last panel is Joker's like skin face hanging on a wall, which is pretty 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 mature yeah. panel, yeah. I think. And, I would agree. And the fact that uh, the uh, the one family member was Joker was about to murder him, and he's like Joker, you know, I just want to let you know that like he's all humble about being thankful for getting mm-hmm. killed by Joker. And he's like, good, so good, let me leave my signature for you. And he just kept stabbing the guy. The panels were so, like, graphic, even though they're still shots. I mean, I felt like I was getting stabbed reading <laughs> each one of those panels. The action uh, the action shots were good. Some of the shots where they were the conversation and stuff. The art. You can go ahead the and art. say it. Yeah, the art just was, say it. It wasn't garbage, per se. But, <laughs> uh, and also some of the action shots were kind of, like, stilted. I kind of had to... You had to really take from the dialogue what was happening in the action panel, but uh, it was—I mean—it was a, ma- a heavy, mature tone, and I, I liked. It. Would I you liked have it. liked it as much without that last panel, Gen Z? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That last panel did uh, pull the book through for me. Uh, I do agree with Dale about the art. I think that there was like five scenes that were dra- uh, drawn expertly, and then the mm-hmm. rest of the book was like, eh, "Batman hit," you know does this yeah but there was yeah. like some standout moments in the book art wise and the rest was kind of filler i dig like how tony daniels kind of focusing on the human side of batman and detective like uh, in the first uh i guess 10 pages of the book he's on the trip hot on the trail of the joker uh he has a verbal confrontation with him joker hops out the window and he's about to do the same thing the building's in flames and then he stops himself and notices that there's a kid in the in the rubble, mm. and he goes ahead and, and saves the kid instead yeah. of the Batman we all know love. We just purse out the window, chasing after him. So that was like a human heartbeat of the issue, and I, I think that really made the book for me. But to your point, if that big reveal wasn't in the end of uh, was it on the last page? I don't know if I would have picked up issue two. Hmm. Hmm. Just Strong. In, an Strong inconsistent words. book, I would say. Inconsistent. That's a good. That's word. a good way to put right. it. Let's get consistent. But that's what last pages are for. Am I right? Get you by in the next book. It is true. There it's was like, a, lot, a bunch of the books had like a cliffhanger. It's like the last five minutes of Young and the Restless. I mean, a Friday afternoon, Young and the Restless. No, I don't What's know. What's going what on in Genoa about. City? You find out something crazy. Paul's mom in Virginia. I think we should just end I it. To, Let's, I used to watch Wine Dale, thanks for coming back and goodbye. I, love you. <laughs> Jonesy, what, what, are your, what, what did you read? Atomic the, Robo Ghost of ooh, Station this X. This guy changing it up. Yeah. Slim's least favorite comic, Atomic Robo. <laughs> Yeah, Not uh, true. of course. Not true. I love Atomic Robo as the antithesis of Slim. Mm. Uh, great introductory issue to the new arc. Uh, Space Station is uh, under duress. A person, of course, that can uh, help is Atomic Robo and everybody from uh, Tesla. So, um, I mean, this book—it's hilarious. They, he has like six or seven projects going on, like top secret projects. He, you know, he. All his action scientists are telling Robo, "There's no way we can do this." He's got like ten hours, and like they, you know, with spitballs and and bale wire, they put together this rocket ship, and he, uh, he fires out to go save the station. Big reveal: spoiler is coming. It's Last panel, tips. the spaceship explodes. Atomic Robo goes hurtling back to Earth. So uh, that I'm going to buy issue two right there. What that about was... that sequence where, uh, oh, man, Atomic Robo is the greatest book ever. Yeah. Can we just agree? <laughs> Me and Jonesy. Uh, like, they're asking, Science Squad or whatever is asking, um, what are the chances of being able to pull this off? And 
And the guy's like, what are the chances of you being able to juggle chainsaws? <laughs> With smaller chainsaws yeah. as handles. So, so he says, picture that, and then picture juggling chainsaws where instead of handles, there's small chainsaws as handles or something like that. <laughs> and that's Brian Clevenger, baby, right there. That's yeah. the perfect one line to describe Brian Clevenger. Who is the... Uh Supposed to be the badass action scientist, the one who's always like walking around, brooding. He's tall. He's got the, uh, um, yeah, like big shoulders. He's with like big shoulders. For some reason in this issue, he's just like dressed up like a samurai, and everybody <laughs> just kind of like, like in each panel it. where they see him, like someone will stop and look and just keep walking, like, <laughs> no. like they don't know why, but nobody oh, will question why he's dressed up like that. I'm buying it right now. I'm buying it right now. Atomic <laughs> Robo, best book on the shelves. Right I was now. surprised because I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I've never yeah, paid yeah. attention. Shut up. Never paid attention when Atomic Robo was coming out on a monthly basis. I always thought that they were uh, released as a trade and then singles were came out. Or my misunderstanding how they were released. No, I think you're have a I'm agreement with your understanding of it. I thought it was they may have done it where they release maybe a third of the trade at a time. No. But I don't think they release actual single issues, but this Yeah, because I was surprised. I was I thought it was a trade in the app and it was just a single issue. Yeah. I thought threw that me they, for a loop. They have a trade ready. Oh, so that and it's then they release the issues and then okay. they'll, they'll give you the trade again at a lower okay. price. Okay. That's that that sounds correct. Atomic okay. Robo, pick it up. Former historian now just a nobody in the DCU just like us. Tell like it is slim. Mark, what did you read? One of the faceless ones. Given how much, or given all the attention the new 52 is, I decided to go back and reread Flashpoint number five. There it is. That's we got it. some requests for that because yeah. we didn't talk about it That's last good, week. That's good because uh, mm. I need an explanation too. Gentlemen, I'm conflicted. I hated issues one through four, but I really liked five. Hmm. And I, it, I can't put my finger on why. What happens is the issue opens with, Barry Allen Flash meeting Professor Zoom, and it's a lot of expo exposition. You learn what happened, and in an unexpected plot twist, Zoom didn't do anything to cause this new timeline. It was all Barry Allen. Dummy. Hey, he didn't know what he was doing. Hmm. Wally West wouldn't have done that, but oh. beside the point. You know, I, I posed oh. Mark the question on the Twitterverse, if this had been Wally West's Flashpoint, would you have liked it better? And almost never checks his Twitter. So right. like 10 seconds later, I had an at reply, yes. He uses the speed force to get yeah. on that Blackberry right away. It didn't let me down. So the battle issue opens with them battling and explaining what happened. You learn that because Barry tried to save his mother, he that was the butterfly that altered time. He fights Zoom to a standstill. Bruce or Thomas Wayne Batman kills Zoom. The timeline starts to unravel. Barry goes back to see his mother one last time, telling her he loves her and goes back in time to stop himself from saving her. And by doing this, by stopping his past self, he creates the all-new DCU timeline that we're reading. Yeah, I still didn't really get how A equals uh, X in that one. That's Me neither. That's I didn't get that at all. Mirror stuff I, right I did borrow this from Mark, and I will say that I loved, loved, loved the part where he races to fix time. And he's like thinking about his mother and how he's gonna lose her. Like there's a scene where he's on, you know, goofy as s when he's on that speed force treadmill. The cosmic oh, treadmill. We're out of here oh. with this. So aside from that, he's on it, and he's like, you know, trying to correct time. And on this other side, he's like having this conversation with his mother, 
that you know this is going to be their last conversation because when he changes time back, you know they'll never see each other again because she'll have been dead. I thought that was pretty emotionally powerful. I thought. Oh, Barry, I knew you had it in you. <laughs> and then as he's racing by his former self to stop him, he's sitting there begging him, like, "Look, I know how upset you are, and dear God, I'm sorry, but you can't do this." And there was a brilliant splash page which showed the Wildstorm universe, the uh, Vertigo universe, and DCU classic over a two-page spread, which goes into the new DCU 52. Issue ends with him waking up in his lab. Somebody asks him if he's okay, and he looks at the camera and kind of looks around almost to say, is everything back the way it is? And I love this feeling of, you know everything has just changed in a flash. Forgive the pun. And, and you know what changes? Everybody gets a chin guard and a new DC-52. And knee pads and armor. <laughs> the There was a, a page where I guess everything is going to be connected. Like they're leading up to the next event already where there's like this mysterious woman saying that the three timelines need to merge and it's up to Flash to do it. So there's this chick that's in like all the new 52 books like in a background panel. So I wonder, like Bleeding Cool posted about it and so now everyone knows about it. But it would have been cool if like they someone found it on their own like later. You know, I think... Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to be hated for saying this, but I that's such a huge cop-out to have the Flash point ending being like, oh, you know, there's a new enemy that did this to the timeline, or, you know, there's a new you know, hero that, that made the, merged the timelines. Like, that just tells me that DC wrote themselves an out. Exactly. To be able to go back to the old continuity. You know, we had, uh, I think Slim had said that wouldn't it be cool if Flash had to piece the timeline back himself from memory mm -hmm. so it came back altered that would have been such a better way such more i get like for lack of a better term realistic way to do this and it just feels like at any moment they're going to pull the carpet out from under us and we're going to be back to the old dc yeah the, not a lot of people have said that but i thought about that too how it seems like this could be an out from their the current new dcu like if they do merge the timelines they could come up with another new timeline or go back to normal. The one thing that I thought was weird was Kubert's art for the new 52 Flash and Batman in the Batcave at the end was really weird. It felt like it felt altered to the point where you could have read the ending if they were drawn in their regular costumes. It could have just felt like a regular ending. Like, say the new DC 52 wasn't starting that day, they could have had that ending, which is Flash and Batman in their regular costumes. And that would have been the end of the event. Like, Flash came back, he corrected mm. time, and Batman is in his cave as normal. But because the New 52 started, they look different because it's a new... Does that make sense? It makes yeah, sense. It like, if they weren't rebooting everything, they could have ended it as normal and it would have seemed fine. And that kind of makes me think what we talked about a couple weeks ago when, Flat, when they advertised Flashpoint a year ago and they didn't have any of this new DCU in mind. You know, that could have been just a product of... Well, the last page we gotta we gotta make it new DCU yeah. somehow. It didn't look. I, I didn't like the art when Kubert drew the new costumes at the end. I thought it, was, it felt rushed, or I don't know what it was, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. And to all of your guys' point, the ending just kind of made me feel like they tacked on the new DCU to this. I could completely read the story and think this was not the original ending. It didn't feel organic. Yeah, it, I, I, it almost seemed like Kubert had had drawn it as that in their old costumes and they had them go back and draw with the new costumes on what was really interesting though is that feeling ever since barry woke up in the new world all the way through the end of the book they're kind of hinting and dancing around several characters asking barry 
is everything all right? Or did you restore it to what you think it is? And he takes a moment like, yeah, as far as I know. And that elephant in the room feeling of you dummy, everything just changed. Right. You effed up time. Big I kind of like that. So does Barry know about the new FIFA 52 or does no? Because he's part of it, right? This he corrected the timeline, so to him, this is the natural oh, progression. Okay. So to the reader, you're screaming, going, "No, you changed everything!" Mm-hmm. But they just keep hinting it, poking at it, like nudge, nudge. So that was a nice feeling. Makes me want to watch Don Knotts and the Incredible Mr. Limpet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's back. Should we go another round, or should we go into the uh, lightning round? Because uh, you know, a lot of books came out. A lot of books came so out. We, should we books. just go back and do we have enough time, Slim? We're we running out of we're tape. running out of time right now. We're running out of tape. Let's but let's do another. Let's I will do, do another, another round. round. We'll do another round. Um, I'll, I'll go first. All right. Well, you were next. Is round. someone planning on talking about action? Is that on anyone's list? Uh, it's on your list now. No, because I was going to talk about something else. I will if that nobody was else is going to blow pick it up. your mind. I'll take action. Static. No. This is, this is some sort of non-PC no, 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 no. book, right? Called Static. I gambled. You did. Static Shock. Wow. Shock. Um, another amazingly fun book that I'll be picking up monthly. What? Malarkey. <laughs> Mark just had an aneurysm. <laughs> well, because in previous conversations, if we review the tapes, you had didn't have a lot of love for the creator. Previously, I have talked about Scott McDaniel using the words garbage, um, worst, worst artist, artist, artist of all time, yeah. um, a disservice to the human race. Right. It, previously, before the conversation, really before I got a job, you know, yeah. where I can't say that stuff anymore. Um, but I picked it. I gambled. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at home relaxing, maxing, and I got static shot. Shooting some outside the school. Yeah, you know. So I hit, you know, the old boop, buy button. Great book. Fun. Mm. Enjoyable. You can give this to kids. Really? Yeah. You know, it's this kid growing up in Harlem, you know, transplant from Dakota, you know, the made-up city. Should have stayed in Dakota. Um, So he's, you know, he's got this guy, this mysterious kind of benefactor helping him along with his powers. He's a, is he going to like Star Labs school or something like that? He's an intern at Star Labs, and the guy who's helping him is another milestone character called Hardware. And he runs Star Labs? Like, or he's like, he kind of puts it together, I think? Uh, That I wasn't quite sure of. It sounds like he, or he like, he he put it together so he can't uh, show off that he's helping this kid. So the kids, you know, he's got a, he, he's just a regular kid and he's got these powers and he's cocky as hell and he's a super nerd. So he tries to, you know, right off the bat, you, you go into and he's trying to take down this kind of science lab experiment gone wrong in the town. Great book. Great, great book. Pick it up. Two ninety nine. Wait, wait four weeks. Wait three weeks. Pick it up at $1.99. Re- recommend it. Wow. Question. Would you have liked it less if he wasn't in Harlem? Uh... I don't, that doesn't matter. I kind of expect DC cities to be made up. So if something is happening, there, what book was I reading where someone was in New York? It was one of the DC books, and they were in New York, and I didn't like it. Like I, I, I get that Marvel's characters are in real cities, but mm-hmm. I kind of like that DC characters are in made up ones. See, I always thought that a city, the ideal thing for a book is for the background characters to be as interesting as the main character. And when you get a city that has its own identity, that's even better. That's gold. Mm-hmm. Dakota has a very distinct identity. What was it? Can you compare it to another city? 
No, it was a sleepy Midwest town until one day they had a big bang, which was launched by a gang war. And that's what started all of the static shock. Classic Midwest history. Exactly. <laughs> Running the mill every day. Out there. Happens all the time. <laughs> but throughout the course of Static Shock, the show and the comic, Dakota developed into its own personality. Hmm. Yeah, there's some great interplay with his family, you know, where he wants to get a car. And the parents, you know, say no, and they joke around with him. Hmm. Love it. Wow. You know? I was stunned. Slim, I'm floored right now. I was stunned when I read this, and I finished it, and I enjoyed it. There's This one kind of ends on like a cliffhanger that makes you want to read the next issue. And I read online where some people were upset because like, if you know Static Shock, um, you kind of know what's going to happen with the cliffhanger. They're like, oh, well, he can so-and-so and so. But for me, I'm like, well, for a new this, reader, this is interesting. You know, I'm going to read it next month. For a new reader? Yeah. So, and I would never have picked up this book if it was like Static Shock 73. So this is another win for DC. There you go. It's Great. In, it's, in, it's in the books. Mark it down, DC. Casey Kasem. I'm available if uh, you need me for parties or a job. Podcast bad boy. Uh, he returned this week. Dale. Feels good. Feels so It good. feels good to see you again. It feels so good to be here. Um, you know, next week we're having a big show. Big 25th episode spectacular. Right. Um, stay tuned next week for details. You know, we're going to have a big show. We'll talk about the end of the show. Dale, what what did you read? I went ahead. I read Animal Man. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire. Huge pick. Mm-hmm. Huge pick. I mean, I got a bull mastiff between my pants right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Comic shop, Delaware. <laughs> Animal Man is... Uh... They'll never hear us. <laughs> Animal Man is, uh, of course, the uh, venerable Buddy Baker. And uh, his family, his beautiful son, who still has a mullet, even I, the new DC. I love that that kid still had a mullet, that I little mean, twerp. Oh, man. Um, uh, there's a, f- a fake mock interview with Buddy Baker at the front of the uh, book with mm. some vegan magazine or something. Loved it. Loved that. And, and it kind of catches you. It was a cool way to catch you up on uh, what Buddy Baker is up to in the new DCU. He's a vegan. He's a big animal supporter. Right. Um. You know, he still does a superhero thing when he's needed, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like not on the periphery. He's in an indie film that might be up. It's getting a lot of buzz. Internet in the, buzz. Uh, internet buzz in the film communities. Uh, so, you know, Cameron Rice is probably all over that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a film guy. Paper Cake West, check it out. And uh, <laughs> Animal Man, he's sitting there talking to his wife, and there's a call. Uh, the daughter, well, the daughter wants a new dog. Right? Yeah. Uh, Buddy like Baker says no. Like, we can't get a new dog. I formed this weird bond with him. And oh, that's right. Animalistic. Yeah, he can't, he can't stay too close to an animal on a regular basis. Right, because it freaks out his other powers and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a big problem in a hospital. And uh, it's, this, it's this one-off guy who lost his daughter. And he's holding the children's ward gunpoint because he wants his daughter back. Mm-hmm. You know, so psychotic and out of his brain that he just has no clue that his daughter's gone. Buddy Baker shows up. Uh, long story short, and which is really cool because it, that that scenario was a one issue kind of thing, one and done in the issue. Sets it up. The guy's going to shoot Animal Man, and he Animal Man reaches into his animal, the yes. web, yeah. the web of animals, which is really cool. What is that called, Mark? The Life Web or something? Do you remember? Yeah, it was called the Web. That's what oh. he referred to it as. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was something else. No, no, no. <laughs> 
Uh, but the the graphic illustration on how they showed him searching around at the at the animals, you'd have to see it to to understand what I'm talking about. But he he pick, he like he pulls out the strength of a rhino and the the agility of a fly and stuff, and he just charges the guy. It was really cool um, how they did that. And then the end of the book, he has this really weird dream, like too deep for me kind of dream. But mm-hmm. he's dreaming about the red coming. Whatever that is, I was creeped out. There's these horrific, horrific animals that is facing him, and then he wakes up to find his daughter in the backyard, like resurrecting dead animals, and they are flocking to her. It is the most spine tingling couple of pages. I, I mean, I just can't get over. I didn't, I didn't like it at first because you know with Buddy Baker and the, and his wife, like I just felt like I when I read Animal Man, Grant Morrison's Animal Man, for the show a couple weeks ago, it was just like you know family conflict stuff. There's not not enough time to do it. You're oh you're going to be a superhero again? What about you know the stuff you got to do around here? I was kind of down on it, but then it got into this really dark place and it hooked me. Like it was, I was just amazed that mm-hmm. it went there to begin with, and but. You know Jeff Jeff Lemire, like he's no sweet tooth. He's a darling. Yeah, he's a darling, and he can take you to some dark places and really get you hooked on a, on a story. And it was, I mean, this little kid with these dead animals. That's, that scene reminded me of the uh, the homage in The Simpsons where Bart's outside with the kite at night, and he turns around, and he's like, "Hello, mother dear." Jonesy, your thoughts on Animal Man? Well, let's uh, be realistic here. Jeff Lemire is a genius. So that's that's and, the most uh, realistic statement of all the, show. Dale, I can't. I have to echo you here. It started off as a sitcom, and I laughed. Yeah, yeah. Then it became this really cool, edgy superhero book, and I was drawn in. And then, boom, ended on the Twilight Zone. And like this book had it all, and Jeff Lemire just can write the S out of a book, and I cannot wait. To be, you know, I'm an Animal Man fan now. I might yeah. go back and read the Morrison run mm. because of Jeff Lemire. Yeah. So Grant Morrison, write Jeff a little letter and say, hey, thanks, you got me new readers on my old stuff. Mm. This see. issue was a knockout. knockout. And, and like the little intro with the newspaper clipping, the mm-hmm. interview, like that's a little thing, but what other writer could kind of take Did you it? notice the interviewer was Jeff Lemire? Was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. So good. It's just a little, you know, a little trick in the book to get you a feel for the character, but you know, you don't see that kind of change of pace in comics that much, especially as a new reader to the new DCU. If I'm just basically I'm reading Animal Man for the first time, I mean, if I look at it that sense, that little catch-up page was was a, was great. I love catch-up. And the uh the art, there's something so mysterious about the art. Like I love it, but I don't know why. Like it's some of the panels of the kid's mullet, for instance, is just so <laughs> off-putting. <laughs> but it, at the same time, it's beautiful. Like, I don't know what it is. It's so... Something pulls me to the art that... And and especially the nightmare scene. Oh, man, shut it down. I had nightmares. Yeah. I had nightmares. Mm-hmm. I was Buddy Baker. I and love, I was having nightmares. <laughs> I love the way Lemire made... He made it so interesting for Animal Man and his powers. Like, for... When Animal Man was going to the hospital for the hostage situation and the narration in his head going, this guy's got a gun. Here's what I need to do. He shoots at me, but I mix my favorite cocktail of animal superhero or superpowers. So I get the strength of an elephant, the speed of a cheetah and the agility of like a fly, something like that. 
and it's you kind of laugh when you hear the name Animal Man, but through Lemire's narration, you kind of remember how powerful this guy could be. Mm-hmm. And it was when he uh, when he took off his mask to try to kind of like be real with this guy who's obviously having a, an episode after the loss of his daughter. I mean, he pulls off his mask, so you know this he's a real guy. You know, is is a guy behind the superhero costume, and uh, you know it's just to add a sense of realism, and it's just more more to show the art you know and the and the sympathy in his face mm-hmm. and stuff like that jonesy what are you reading okay i'll do his dc book here i skipped it last round storm watch issue okay. one paul cornell internet paul cornell darling excellent writer uh miguel sepulveda mm. you know very good artist sounds like a heavy metal you man. like the art on this book i, I like miguel sepulveda Oh. This book, however, was a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. I did not see that this coming This is the at all. worst thing to ever happen to comic books. My what? heavens. All right. All right. Now, I never liked The Authority, but think of it this way. Think of The Authority as a big piece of S. Throw <laughs> the piece of S into a paper bag, rattle it around, and what comes out of the bag? Stormwatch issue one. <laughs> God, this book I've, is awful. I don't think I've ever heard you say that about anything. <laughs> wow, that's terrible. True. He says terrible, nice. terrible and book. You love Paul Cornell, and I love Paul Cornell. I love it. You know what it seemed like to me that editorial wanted this books to happen. This book, not this books. So they just. You know, we're puppet masters, and Paul, Paul Cornell's on the string. And it's like, Paul, write this. Okay. You know, like... Jonesy just did a puppet move. Zero. Pretty awesome. <laughs> zero. I, I'm amazed about how much of Paul Cornell's talent was not used in this issue. That's a shame. Wow. This book was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to tell why you didn't like I love it? it? Yeah, or... yeah. I'll go into it. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's an it's a authority recruitment book. Starring the Martian Manhunter just because they can. You know, Martian Manhunter, even, like, the worst lines, he's like, you know, I can put on my superhero face when I need to, but, you know, now I'm going to be my professional face. And Harkness is like, oh, yeah, we're the professionals. Superheroes are crap. Like, this book is, it's toilet paper is what it is. Oh, my God. Lord. I I will not be buying the second issue. And if anyone out there cares about what I think, which you don't, (laughs) but if you did, don't. Don't read it. Sounds like he left What about that. his, what about his, isn't he coming out with Demon Knight? Is that a book? Or Demon? That is a oh, book. Demon, yeah. Demon Knight, you going to get right. that, Jonesy? Nope. Wow. <laughs> Demon, this... I'll tell you what, and if they dare go touch the planetary for this new 52, I will get a shotgun. Can you imagine if DC. they bring Hobo in, with a shotgun. if they bring in, uh. Don't do it. And they already mentioned Century Babies, so you know they're going to work in Elijah's they, house somewhere. They could, because Grant Morrison is writing Multiversity now. Frank Quitely is on issue one or two. What is this Multiversity business? I hear they talk about it all the time, but I don't know what the hell is happening. I, just, I can't handle it. Well, the Century Babies were a part of the Wildstorm universe outside of Planetary, too. That brought, Correct. That Jenny, uh, Jenny Quantum, or yeah. Jenny Sparks. Because yeah. the bleed, I mean, the, the bleed, bleed is part yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the universe. Shame you didn't like it. This book wow. has the potential, could have been, if not editorial. Did you read it? I read it. What did you think? <laughs> Answer the man. It's Mark. so hard. To, it's so hard to dispute if, you. If you liked it, just I'll, I'll calm myself down. I'll come back. Tell me why you liked it. I'll come back for the second. Uh, it's got potential to be a DC flagship title. It is a recruitment story. I'm telling what? you, it's got a cross section of heroes from every universe. 
All it needs is a milestone one, which I heard rumored that they're adding. This is a book that is supposed to have taken place across the DCU timeline from like the 1500s. So they could do a lot with this. They've got Martian Manhunter, and in here they dropped the JLA bombshell. They did mention that he's a member, which was huge. It's going to cross into action next month. It's got potential. So I guess this is like the planetary-ish of the DCU, That's I guess? what it's shaping up to be. I read an interview with Cornell saying that he was going to have some sort of intermixing crossover type thing with the Demon Knight. Oh, Demon Knight. I thought you were going to say planetary. Can I just jump in again as angry as I am Please right do. now? I Go ahead. It. I love it. The whole purpose of the reboot was to have this fresh look on the DC Universe, and everything was going to be new and the limitless, uh, limitless potential. So let's add a superhero team that's been around forever and works behind the scenes and, you know, is all-knowing. And, you know, why don't you take my fresh look and then wipe my butt with it with Stormwatch? <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is insane. I just, I'm so that. angry. Uh, we need to move on before Jonesy has a heart attack, <laughs> which is likely right now. Or drops a D on my couch. <laughs> Poops on the couch. And you know what will be better then? Stormwatch. <laughs> this poopy cushion. Mark, what uh, what is on your list that we haven't talked about yet? Action Comics. Grant Morrison and Rags Morales getting a lot of buzz on the old Twitter. Yeah, it took us a while to get to it. Yeah, Flagship it book. There was one. I'm putting it out there. Good but not great. Good wow. but not great. Wow. Book opens up. Jonesy was in... <laughs> Sorry, we need to stop for a second. Jonesy was in this trance where he's just kind of relaxed and looking right at the wall. I don't know what he was doing, and it scared the crap out of me. I was waiting to see blood come out of his nose. All right, so Action Comics. Book opens up with Superman, a uh, young Superman, unable to fly. He is raiding some business guy's office and holding him over a balcony Enable. at gunpoint while trying to have him confess to some crimes that he did. The guy won't confess. Security is has their guns drawn on Superman. Eyes are blazing red with heat vision. He jumps off the building with the guy in hand to try to scare the S out of him to confess. He gets a confession. Cops come surrounding him, take a shot at Superman, and he runs off, shooting at him in the back. Uh... That was just the opening few pages. I was when I first read this, I was I thought that there were pages missing in the beginning of the book. Like, really? what, where is the intro to this? Because it starts out with this guy, and then Superman is there in the fir- fourth panel, and oh. he's ready to take him down because he, what, what was his opening line? It was so uh, like scary almost. He's like he like smelled rats or something like something that. something like that. I don't remember. And it then exactly. like he looks at the camera, he's got his like eyes are red. I'm like, holy crap, this guy's business. Yep, and it. Almost like, but this book is totally action comics. Like every yeah. page, something is happening where something is exploding, which I thought was great because I went back and I read the original action comics that you, I think when the Superman sale hit, it was like ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. and that page, that book, you know, there's no boring stuff in that. If anything, for half a page, and it's like all action all the time. Mm-hmm. And this book is like action right on the first page. There's I mean, no that's setup. What they're trying to do. Um, there was maybe two moments of quiet time exposition. Mm-hmm. That's after. One of his encounters on the next night out, he saves a group of children from a building being torn down because he felt that the people doing it were corrupt. And he had an encounter with the police again. He gets bruised. He gets bloodied. He goes back to his apartment, changes into Clark Kent, has a nice little conversation with his landlord. And through it out, all of the, throughout all of the issue, you learn that this isn't the Superman we know. 
Yeah, he actually does get angry. Yeah, he bleeds easily. Yeah, he's actually going up against the cops, which is a complete change. And I was like, because we all love birthright, uh, birthright, which I read like every day. It's like it's like my Bible. <laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, some writer. Not many people like. Hmm. I'm just kidding. The but this is like your com- writer's favorite writer. <laughs> this <laughs> this is completely different than any kind of origin story. Like you're you're just thrown into it. Like you walk into a movie halfway, and like S is going down already. And Superman, what I loved is like this isn't a, this is a Superman that like fights for the oppressed, kind of just like the original Superman. Right back to the Jerry Siegel, Joe yeah, Schuster. So, nod. so these people are like in a house that's being condemned and, and destroyed. Um, so he's you know he defends them and he's in trouble with the with the cops. And then there's like the the great scene which is in a bunch of movies, Spider Man especially. Where Spider-Man's like getting beat up, but like the city fights back for him. Oh yeah, yeah. like you could put that in any chills. movie, and I'll just start get teary-eyed. <laughs> oh, man, it could be the worst movie ever right made. Now. Someone's getting beat up, a superhero, and then the townspeople come to defend him. I, I, waterworks. Like, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but Take this happened in this book where these people were like they fight back and like help him out, and uh, so at the end he eventually gets uh, captured. But the uh, one thing I loved is that this is you know this is a three ninety nine book, but it's at least 30 pages. Yeah, it was definitely It was definitely an oversized stacked. book. So that's a plus. It's not some 20-page garbage, you know? The other thing I liked about it, too, is meanwhile, while we're watching Superman do all of these super feats, you see General Lane, the Army, and Lex Luthor watching him. And throughout it, you see Lex is still that conniving, brilliant genius who is a xenophobic Superman hater. Mm-hmm. You also learn that he's working with the Army to try to stop him. Lex manipulates a train derailment to impale Superman, putting innocent lives in danger just to get to him. The general scolds him, and then he says, you wanted Superman dead or alive, right? There you go, and walks out. So I'm really interested in seeing what iteration of Lex Luthor we're getting in the new DCU. Mad scientist, president, businessman, you don't know. I got news for you. We're running out of time. We are grossly no over way. the limit no right way. now. Uh, no can I ask a question before we sure, jump to lightning sure. mm-hmm. I was under the impression that action comics would take place in like the 1930s. And we That's see, what I had remember thought. That? that was some kind of story about that yeah. circulating somewhere. But the, yeah, that it was, was a rumor. Ag- it's, okay. it, now, it, now it's only five and a half years. I was say, some kids took it? a picture of uh, Superman with a Blackberry. And I was like, wait a minute. I know they're old. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, there was, I don't know where that got out, but I thought that too. But I that think, Blackberry picture kind of blew it up. I think it got out because of the initial release that they had with Superman lifting a train, that promo art, mm-hmm. and he was wearing jeans and T-shirt, because I had that same impression, too. But the official story is this is at the beginning. This is before the dawning of the superhero age in the DCU. Yeah. So this takes place before Justice League, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, a half a year or so. Okay. So do we want to do lightning round or uh, just go right into the book club? We got time? Not really. Be honest with you, we need to keep know. it around the, an hour. The fans will be upset if we don't. Do have enough round. books to do a lightning round? One yeah, sentence lightning round. What one sentence? Oh, one sentence. Oh, this well, is tough. New. I don't two know. Are we ready round. for this? Let's we, do a lightning round. Let's come oh. back. It's been two, three weeks since you guys heard me. Let's do it. Um, Secret Avengers by Warren Ellis and Jamie McKelvey. That's how you effing do it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we'll go counter to what we were doing. Mark, 
Amazing Spider-Man number 36 by JMS and JRJR. Timeless tribute to 9-11 tragedy. Still moving. Still moving. This guy bringing us down. I know. 9-11. Was that a real sentence? Still moving? I don't moving? know what still that moving? was. That was comma. Poor like still moving. It was like a poet's Poor sentence is what it was. At Slim Grammatical Judge. Jonesy loves lightning round. Batgirl issue one. Way to take the easy way out, DC. <laughs> but I guess I'll buy issue two. <laughs> uh, that was a very strange sentence also. Dale, give it to us. Men of War, the formerly known as Sergeant Rock, Redo, Ivan Brandon, Tom Derenick. You can't win them all, DC. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into the book club. Uh, this book uh, I suggested. You know, I was you going did. through the DC app, seeing some Hitch art. Brian Hitch. You know, a lot of people love the Hitch on the Ultimates. Uh, his Marvel covers these days. Um, so I was interested. I had no idea that he did some JLA stuff back in the day. It was cool to see. You know, very, uh, very Alan Davy Davis and Ian art back in the day. So I saw this, this, this story, Terra Incognita by Mark Wade. I'm not sure if everyone's heard of him. And Brian Hitch. He's your writer's favorite writer. Repeating the line over and over in a pseudo black man's voice does not make it funny, guys. <laughs> yeah, but I never did it before, so. Why well, you point. did it? Good point. So, so I, you know, I said let's do this four issue. Uh, Mark Wade, you know, everyone loves him to death. He's adorable. He looks like a blonde George Costanza that everyone just wants to hug and massage. Yeah. So little true. did I know that Brian Hitch is only on one issue of this four part series. I was pretty po'd. Yes, you should be. Uh, and I apologize to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you, thought, you thought you were getting Brian Hitch. You got one-fourth of his Brian next previous two arcs were far superior to this one. I got agree. his next-door neighbor on this arc, whoever it was. <laughs> so this uh, deals with the uh, white Martians coming back into the fray uh, with the Martian Manhunter. And they're, uh, they're, they're, they're acting as puppet masters. Uh, so to speak, around the DCU, and their goal is to kidnap, you know, uh, you know, kind of like the fortune tellers or other people that have latent or kind of blatant telepathic abilities, and essentially they want to eat their brains to gain their powers. Pretty much, uh, in short. So, so the, the the first arc, the first issue, which is what made me want to do it, was great. Brian Hitch on art, you know, it shows the characters. Um, interacting and strange things are happening. You know, Batman saves this uh, fortune teller that tried to kill herself, and Nightwing is there, and he gets the urge to cut Batman's line out of nowhere, and Clark and Lois are in the Daily Bleep, <laughs> the Daily, Daily Bugle. Um, and the Daily Lo Bugle? <laughs> the Daily Bleep Bugle? <laughs> Whatever Bleep. it's called. Bleeple. So she gets the urge to tear off Clark's shirt to reveal his Superman costume. Um... And then the rest. I think there are other characters in the jail. In that pretty essy way, they try to cover it up, though. I mean, what what could you yeah, do yeah. in that yeah. situation? Well, instead though? of like it worked, you know, but yeah, I guess. 
I don't even know what what would you do in that case, though. Honestly, you, your lowest tears off your shirt, and you got your Superman costume. He played it off well. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good save. Yes. Uh, it's tough business. So, um, Martian Manhunter is uh, kidnapped, and uh, yes, hits the fan in oh, the form of a guest artist filling in. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, Mark? You're the former. This is your era. Yeah, you know when you this when is, you knew stuff about DC, where I wasn't, you know, trumping you and not DC knowledge these days. No. What did you think of uh, this arc? I enjoyed this arc, but the problem with this arc is the fact that it's the end of a thirteen to sixteen issue run from Mark Wade. So this was the last story. So you're pretty much jumping in at the end when, like Jonesy said, the previous two story arcs were much better. Hmm. So it was good. But it was just kind of run of the mill. I don't know if I'd tell somebody, "Hey, you have to read this." What was his first one? Tower of Babel. Yeah, the first one was Tower of I Babel. I like that one. Yeah, that was good. What was the second one? Uh, Queen of Fables. I think that was it. And the no, wasn't no, it? the second one was Queen of Fables. That was no. where now now. <laughs> that was where uh, all the fairy tales start coming to life um, and start well, tearing apart the world. Here. I don't read that. It was good. Mm. The is that third, the one where they're all wearing different costumes in the yeah. covers? Yeah, I was turned off by that. The third is where you'd actually start to get interested. Every hero in the Justice League who has a civilian identity has it torn apart, so they are separated. There's a Batman, there's a Bruce Wayne, there's a Clark Kent, there's a Superman. Really? And as time goes on... It's really good. Better than this. Much better. Mark. Jesse is full of hate this episode. <laughs> Brian, get into that mic when you're coughing into it, why don't you? <laughs> Brian Hitch actually did all the art on it. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, team. Sorry. Really, Sorry. Bl- I really, really blew the hitch pipe on this one. It's okay. We got yeah. Dapper Man next episode. <laughs> I'm sure you love that one. Uh, Dale, your thoughts? Um, I thought it was a really good story. I don't think much was lost that I didn't read the previous two arcs. Uh, there were some references to um, Diana losing her tiara. Yeah. Um, maybe that was a little lost, Her, but I didn't really care because it didn't really have much to do with the story i I really like the story um it's a four issue arc which is cool and they don't all have to be long it was self-contained for the most Mm -hmm. part um everything's kind of tied up at the end you know when you're telling a story in four issues there's a lot that kind of maybe slips through the cracks where you would might demand an explanation um like the uh like the stuff where nightwing wanted to cut batman's line that wasn't really revisited and there was no explanation as to they were the why they did that mm. like they tr- just for one second they tried killing their partners or they tried right. outing them that was never kind of revisited so maybe it was that the magicians and stuff were getting messed with but uh, and it runs the gamut it goes from earth uh, the white martians have a great plan actually they modify earth's atmosphere to where it can't uh, support combustion so uh, that's the way because like the martian manhunter they are deathly afraid of Flames, right? So yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, that was really cool. And even to even come up with that, even crazier is their solution to that, in which Superman and uh, Wonder Woman pulled the moon closer to the Earth. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> nuts. I mean, that was that was nuts. I I don't know how it all works, but right. And then so science only like, in comics. Only yeah, in but comics. I thought I was and they also they had like a certain amount of time before it, you know completely changed the earth because the moon was so close and Batman is like freaking out because he's watching it. <laughs> he's like, get it out of here, get it out of here. 
and uh, but the whole reason that it happened was Martian Manhunter was lonely and he wanted some friends. What was cool about it too is when you got a team as powerful as the JLA, it's hard to make them the underdog. And this was a good threat. You're fighting people who are as tough as Martian Manhunter, which is on a Superman level. Mm-hmm. There's 70 of them and seven JLAers. Yeah. They're psychic. They're strong. They can fly, be invisible. They can shapeshift. So there were times when the League thought they were talking to a teammate, and it was really a Martian about to knock them out. So it's how do you formulate a plan when the bad guys can read your mind? Right. And what I thought, um, there was a lot, for four issues, if you were a fan of DC and you never really read much, there was a lot of the DCU in it. There was a lot of uh, supporting cast in it, even just in one panel or two panels. of Zatanna, you know, and all the JSA. And there's, a, there's a lot of that There's a lot of that kind of stuff in there. So it was like little nuggets for like, oh, I think I know that guy, you know. And uh, you kind of you kind of see what they do for supporting cast. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked. I really liked it. Hmm. I'm glad uh, you recommended Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dale. I appreciate that. Slim. I remember that when the checks come in. How about that last cliffhanger too? I like the third issue where they're outside the Fortress of Solitude. They get beat, and they send them to the Phantom Zone. John is begging. Ooh, last yeah. panel, he turns to the camera and goes, "Perfect." Yeah, that was cool. We're yeah. in. Let's do this. It's too bad that the artist mangled any face on any page. <laughs> Three fourths of those books were just terrible. Like, and I like I think Plastic Man is goofy to begin with, but whoever was drawing this guy, like Plastic Man, was the worst. And then all, everybody else was like the second worst. Yeah, they were they were really awful. I mean, they just looked like they put. All these character turds into a bat paper bag <laughs> and shook it all up and dumped you out these three fourths of you artist say that art. The art of this book got stormwatched. <laughs> yeah, that's the new. Is that what we're calling new bad things now? It got stormwatched. I guess so. Um, if you guys like this from a story standpoint, then I gotta recommend the story arc before it. Man and Superman. It was really good. Oh, really? Both psychologically, action-wise, Hitch. Brian Hitch was on art. God, Mark Wade wrote it. I mean, Jonesy, you read it for the first time. What did you think? I did. Uh, I actually, I got turned on or turned into. I don't know what I'm saying. Tower of Babel. I think you turned me on to that Tower of Babel, and then I instantly wanted to read what else Mark Wade had done on Justice League. Um, I never think team book when I think Mark Wade, and I'm pleasantly surprised that he can do so much with a team book, especially. In this arc, I think his writing was very tight, and the team worked together like in ways that I wouldn't normally think that Justice League would. So I did like I did like Terry Incognita, guys. I'm not angry right now. Um, they, I they had a good dynamic though. There was a lot. I mean, the team. I, there was a lot of each member of the team in these books too, and everybody had a part to play, and that's what yeah. you know what Mark Wade does well. And I always like that Mark Wade never wraps anything up neatly in a little ribbon. For the next guy, so there's always like the next writer who had to pick this up was like, oh great, thanks, Wade. <laughs> now, now when I got to write myself out of a you know, out of a corner, mm. um, but Tower of Babel I think was probably the best thing that Mark Wade did with the book, and that was the where the Justice League gets taken out, and we find out that it's Batman's secret files that made it happen. Brilliant. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Genius. Really men, good. men and Superman. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think. Where they split identities was, like, it's one of those things where like you would never think of a story like that. That's why we have Mark Wade to come up with like this great off the wall. Well, what if, um, what if the whole team gets taken out and we say it's Ra's al Ghul, but four issues in we're like, oh no, it's Batman. Uh, it's it. And then what about what if we split them? 
between uh, you know their their secret identities and their superhero identities, but instead of racing to find a cure, they're like, oh, we kind of like it this way for four or five issues. Yeah. Like, Shout out the Plastic Man in that arc. Yeah, and I I told Mark via the text message, I hate Plastic Man. And Mark Wade kind of made me like him a little bit. Mm. Mark Wade, when we were in that same text conversation, I told Jonesy. That's right. We text. We're friends. Yeah, we are. Jealous America. <laughs> um, how do you follow that? One of the reasons why I like Mark Wade so much is he is a master of making a moment so simple or taking an idea that is so fundamentally simple. It's ingenious that nobody's ever thought about it. Like Batman having all of the secret files. Or oh, for, yeah the secret um, identities being split from people. Mm -hmm. And another thing in the Tower of Babel arc, which is just effing genius, Ra's al Ghul excavates the bodies of the Waynes just to distract Batman, just so that he has something to do. He'll go all around the world, and he is so distracted that he doesn't have time to answer the jail at his calls. And it's, I can't believe in the 70-plus years of Batman, nobody's thought of that. Whoops. <laughs> now, further proof that no one listens to anything I say because I was the one who talked about Tower of Babel uh, maybe about 10 episodes ago. What? So I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone coming to the show. and um, Check the tapes. I don't buy it. I will bring out the tapes. No, no. He, he's right. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them. To you. Don't sing, guys. Don't take them out of it. That Georgia was... loves beer, everybody. We get letters. Letters at paperkeg.com. I will say this. We usually prefer them to be short. Uh, you know, some of us zone out on these long ones. We love, we love the letters, though. Love them to death. But keep it short. Keep them coming. Keep, um, keep them short. coming keep and them keep coming. them long. I don't care. You can, uh, you might be able to even even send in letters to Paper Keg West, you know. Yeah. If you're so inclined, if they have a letters uh, page. You know, who knows? Maybe you don't like yeah. a man crush of the week. Shoot him an email. West. Maybe they just want to hear the sounder. West at paperkeg.com. Check him out. Mark, what did we get this week? Any good ones? We got a couple. We got a couple. Yeah. First one's coming at us from Bond, saying he showed up at to the comic shop today and it was shut down with nobody around. And with no warning, as I walked away disoriented from being blindsided by this news, thought to myself, first Spider-Man dies, now my atomic comic shuts down. <laughs> F me. My question is, do you think a lot of other shops are not far behind to go under? Yes. Ooh, no hesitation from the Comixology employee. Heavy, yeah. <laughs> Heavy stuff there. I, um, uh, there's a lot of... Actually, you know what? Atomic Comics is pretty revered in the comic community. Yeah, and, and you know everyone, all the creators kind of knew this guy and knew this shop. Uh, but in his letter that he, he said he filed for bankruptcy, he said that his shop had never recovered from an uninsured teenager driving through the front of his store like five years ago or so. Like that, that kind of did took a financial hit that I guess he never recovered from, and he had to close for months. And like some some of his customers just never came back, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, wow. that's, that's rough stuff. I mean, and that's. For surely not, it doesn't have anything to do with the uh, the digital encroachment, right. I guess you could say. I mean, that's definitely, so I, I think anything, any shops that suffer digitally is still a years away, I believe. There, but. And, but it's tough because, you know, they, they were probably perceived as a successful comic shop. And then, you know, people like Nicky Bonds 
who emailed the show just went up there and you know the place was closed some employees didn't even know until the day of that's a shame so makes you think about your own local shop you know ours down here whatever yeah. it's called and then there's one in the uh, king of prussia mall comics uh comics and more I think unfortunately that's. that's no longer there yeah Ooh. it is it's in the it's on the other wing of yeah. the mall yeah, they, they just moved. moved yeah oh wow to an, even, to an even bigger spot oh thank god um what's interesting too is some D stuff there i believe I went to my yeah, local comic store this Wednesday just to see what the new DC buzz was doing. And they told me they were getting new readers. They were getting some people who fell off the DC bandwagon. So their sales actually picked up, but they won't consider it a success until they see those same faces buying next month. Right. Yeah, that's the big test, I yeah. think. And that's where all the haters are going to come out and say, like, oh, man, they didn't come back. But there's always a big drop-off in issue number two. So I expect a big drop-off. And you have 52 issue number ones. I mean, chances yeah. are you're going to have a, a significant drop off. Mm-hmm. That's this isn't one issue rebooting, right? You know? I think I think it's going to be a huge success. I mean, I'm going to be coming back to DC books, and I don't even really like DC, so I consider it a success. There you go. You heard it here first. Next up is from Chris Miranda, 24, saying, "I hate that I don't know this, but I was wondering if you guys have ever done a book club on Wolverine, Enemy of the State." Not normally a Wolverine fan, but this trait was fantastic. Some, certainly some of Millar's best work. Mm, yeah. Wolverine. Mm. Enemy of the State. I was did in we the ever Comicsology do a sale? No, we, ne- we never did book club for Enemy of the State. What a book. Even on uh, Comics Podcast days, didn't happen? Yep, what a book. M- Mil- that's like, you know, he gets on and gets off. He has a story to tell. Was, he had two back-to-back arcs, and mm-hmm. he got off. He had one, you know, two things to tell. What a what a great book that is, Enemy of the State, and Agent of Shield. Yep. Um, yeah. They were kind. Of, they were very intertwined. Those two. Um, very good reads. Very great good reads. J.R. J.R. killed it on that book. I agree. Killed he killed it. He killed it for shizzle. <laughs> killed it. Um, no, we never did one. Maybe we should in the future. We, when was the last time we did a Marvel book club? I can't remember. I think maybe the limited two series. Ago. No, it was um, uh, Hulk Gray. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That almost destroyed <laughs> friendships. Maybe we shouldn't for Maybe good. Uh, what was? Did he have another question? Or was it just that? That was just that. Oh, we'll talk right. about it, Chris Miranda. Yeah, Thank we'll get you into suggestion. Maybe, yeah, we need to do a Marvel book. We should do a Marvel book. And you know what? That the, his tail end of that run was when Wolverine was in that internment camp in World oh, War Two. Yeah. I love that story. We may have to do that entire Wolverine run because all those story arcs were good. <sighs> that whole. Uh, <laughs> It's kind you know of, what I hated back in the day is that was solicited as him wearing the brown and tan, or the black and tan. Yeah, but he wore the blue. And he wore the new costume, and I was so annoyed. But looking back, it's it reminds me of that thing that I brought up the other show where major Marvel superheroes don't wear the underpants, like the colored underpants. Right. And that the new costume, he's not wearing them. So that black and tan, he would have been wearing, you know, brown underwear. So. Looking back, wrong with that. I mean, looking back, it, it, like now I look at costumes if they're seen if they're wearing different colored underwear, and I pick it out. Noticeable now. It is noticeable now. Slim Gun over here, <laughs> Project <laughs> Runway, superhero Project <laughs> Runway. Check it out, Slim Gun. <laughs> we got one or two more. Yeah, um, this one's coming from Sean saying, "You want and hate? Here you go." Oh, why do you pause after every word? This is directed at Slim editorial yeah. side note, real oh my quick, gosh. guys. Again, why do you pause I'm it put my mic after down so every word? Example, internet bad boy. We well, that's okay. <laughs> we'll see everyone next week. Paper cake podcast <laughs> number 22. Even Shatner is telling you to chill out with that S. 
For everyone else, the fact that any quote-unquote naughty word is like a 12-year-old church boy that's worried a nun will catch him. Only time you guys should edit yourself is for the N-word, except for ABM. Keep saying Colombian at the end of the show. All right. The Just Been Underscored music has been missed. Thanks for bringing it back. Sean in North Carolina. P.S. I don't hate any of y'all. Love the show, but the edits of bad words and slim pausing some of the time do piss me off a little bit of the time. Sorry, I was struggling with if I can say that on the show. You didn't edit yourself out. Though. Great comeback. If I get told to go, F yourself. <laughs> Sean. Lock screen. Got him every time. <laughs> I actually was wondering what my comeback was going to be, but uh, he pretty much beat me to it. I was going to yeah. tell him to, you know, GTFO. That's right. As you say on this show, you know? Go but we appreciate the feedback. Yeah. We're, we're on iTunes, Sean. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to get that explicit tag. And uh, maybe Sunday we'll get played at the comic book shop in uh, Delaware. But we're trying, Sean. Uh, you know, next time we're in South Carolina. You know, hit, hit us up. What is it north? North. No one goes to North Carolina. Get out of here. It's true. Sorry. Cherokee, North Carolina. We that's, might go on vacation. We? We all four of us are going on vacation together. You didn't hear about this? No. Okay. Do we have another slim hate one? I think there was another one. I'm, Let's see. Slim hate. Slim Even the hate. slim hate email was like, I'm just kidding. I really don't hate you. <laughs> You're offended by that, don't I you? I thought there was another one, but I'm no, not no, sure. No, 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 you're right. Okay. Here's the hate mail side of it for Slim. I remember him saying that he couldn't get into Sandman because of the covers. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Very Exciting, by the way. While I agree that they are different from every anything else in comics, I think it's wildly short-sighted to judge a book by its cover, quote-unquote. Sandman is one of the most interesting books out there. The covers are what drew me to them in the first place. Then I was pleasantly surprised to find some great art inside. I'm a fan of Sam Keith which I know not everyone is, but I love his stuff. The story being told here is beautifully paced with articulation by Neil Gaiman. It should be a must-read among comics fans right up there with Watchmen and Dark Knights. You know what? I gotta agree with Jonesy. Even your hate mail is so nice and well articulated. It's disgusting. <laughs> Very well, exciting. Slim, I don't hate you, but I'd like to disagree. You know, I don't want to disagree anymore. You know you're what? just a great guy. You know what, Slim? You're wrong, respectfully, but you have a good show. <laughs> I like the little piece. And of the Jonesy's white, trash. Piece of the white male, uh, white man voice in that. Listen, you know, when you're a young kid, impressionable, you see that Sandman cover in the shop. You're yeah. gonna pick that up. You're gonna pick up Wolverine number whatever. Yeah, I, the I one with him eviscerating somebody on the cover. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but at, the, at least that's more literal than I got to stick with Slim here. Sandman covers were just way out there. Like you, you're trying to be BDS and be somebody if you read Sandman based on those covers. Yeah, I mean, you were trying to be like artistic, yelpy. It's like uh, it, it's a, it was a big turnoff to me. Sandman back then was like I don't own a TV. Yeah, 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 exactly. But Sam Man now is timeless quality. I got to go with very exciting on this one. It is a timeless book. Mm. I'll never get past the cover to find out. Yeah, uh, that's a shame. That is All a right. shame. I think that was a successful letters segment, if I ever heard it. Thanks for the letters, guys. Put it in the win column. Should we? Let's win this. letters. Let's column. put it in the win, win column. letters column. Don't storm watch it. <laughs> next, next show we have a huge show planned. Oh yeah, that's it's right. Our twenty fifth. Uh, anniversary spectacular. We'll be going through uh, our fa- favorite comic-related non-comic uh, products. You know, it could be a video game, TV series, uh, underwear, mm-hmm. trading cards, theme songs, movies, theme songs. We'll be getting into it. And also our favorite uh, book club uh, that we've ever done in the history of the show. Yeah. That's the 20th. Um, what else? Do we have anything else? Uh, Dapper Man we'll be talking about. The return of the Dapper Man 
yep. or men, it, whatever it, you want to call it. Look at, depending on how deep you are. I can't wait to see the fiends to cover for episode 25. We were brainstorming recently, mm. and it's going to blow your pants we off. have to wait a week for this. God. Talented guy. He is. Maybe we'll get an update He's on your He's the comic. opposite of Stormwatch. That's right. <laughs> Don't kill it before we start using it. <laughs> Please. That's my job there, Please. Uh, I'm sure D-Sale will tweet about it later. We'll check everyone out next week for the biggest show ever. Thanks for being here. Review us on iTunes, everyone. Please. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> They won't do it. Thank you and good night. They won't. We're out.